So you've got a troublesome colleague at work, somebody there who makes your life miserable, complete jerk, and all the HR remedies that are supposed to be there aren't working. I want to talk to you today about a pastoral perspective on that, something we get from the Franciscans. I'm Duncan Fisher, and you're listening to No Sermons, that more or less weekly podcast about spirituality for regular people. And I guess the title for today, if I have to think one up, would be Look for the Ouch. Look for the Ouch. Let's acknowledge the basic reality at the outset that business doesn't care about people. At the institutional level, company language that claims anything else is really just an acrostic of managerial worry over not having enough shoes on the shop floor. Managers want to attract and retain talent because at the end of the day, their mortgages depend on the profitable packaging of something they'll sell. It's always been this way with commercial operations. That's why the law has had to intervene periodically addressing open cruelty like sweatshops and workhouses and textile plants and so on, clear back to the dark satanic mills where mercantile mercenary, mercantile capitalism actually killed people. Business doesn't care about people because it's not set up to. Well, this obtains on the individual level too, down on the shop floor. Executives may fret about their salary and perks, but the ordinary Joes around you worry about being exploited by those managers and about their own competition with you within that exploitative environment. Well, the Franciscans have a peculiar way of looking at this. We're considered slightly odd ducks by the rest of Christendom in this respect. Theologically, we're perfectly conventional Our belief system, to use the clumsy language of the unchurched, is like that of every other Christian. Where we differ, though, is that we don't bother much about belief in the sense of doctrine. That's not our focus. Our focus is on the suffering, and that's where we start. We sniff it out, we try to understand it, and we parachute in to help how we can. That's why you don't find Franciscan theologians as easily as you find Franciscans inoculating babies and feeding people. We care first, whatever its cause, about things like injustice or oppression or hunger or fear. And it's fear that drives workplace oppression. It's why there are managers who are harsh or absent or who lie to you. And it's also why There's guerrilla war out in the cubicles. These are all human beings. They probably mean well most of the time because that's how humans are. But they're frightened out of their wits and they're exhausted with it. And so they compete and they undermine and they withhold intelligence and they frog march. And they don't want to know your problems, at least away from the water cooler, because they have too many worries of their own. In a competitive environment where survival is at stake, you may actually represent one of their problems. Well, the remedy for this, generally, 
is to detect what it is they're afraid of exactly. And in practical terms, that means you try to get them talking to you. Now there's a cynical counterfeit of this used by con artists who detect people's fears in order to exploit them. Casinos and televangelists, it's been observed, exploit people's loneliness, for example. Dictators and armies exploit fear of being left out of systems of prosperity. This isn't any of that. Franciscan sleuthing after fear is a transparent sharing of our own worries and an invitation to gush out what's really on people's minds. Frightened people who think you want something from them are dangerous. Frightened people whose tears you welcome are grateful and unguarded and they're honest. And in the end, they're surprisingly altruistic. We do this kind of bloodletting all the time in, in hospice work, where there are a lot of us. That's where people are afraid of dying or are afraid of losing someone to death. Do we probe? No, we've learned not to do that. Do we get to the root causes of their fear and then remedy it? No, again, no. What we do is let them talk. Sometimes they bleed like this for hours or for days or for a whole season in their lives. The language that we use and hospital chaplains also use is of opening ourselves and of being their empty receptacles into which they can bleed. That's all, but it works. Think about it this way. Which of the following would you prefer your area manager down at work to do for you? Would it be A, tell you to look on the HR website for employee well-being resources? Or B, consider a hobby? Or C, I used to hear this all the time in business, come to the next team building workshop? Or D, maybe take you on a drive? eat hamburgers with you, let you talk the way you really want to, and then do it again. Okay, now run this in reverse. Ready? Which of these things, or things like them, could you do for that troublesome, frightened colleague who's making your life hell? It might be that that person is even an HR officer. That's all I have today. Thank you very much for listening and be good all you.